It's the Whatever Man Podcast. Podcast. And just like that, we're recording. What up? It's Chuck. This is the Whatever Man Podcast. As if you motherfuckers didn't know. Um, Yep, we're back on location again. This time we're at our favorite bar, Bender's. In the city of Austin, Texas. Uh, say this right now: best wings in the goddamn city. Fuck all you haters. Yes, uh, sir. Uh, shout out to our favorite bartender, Mike. Not here tonight, but fuck it. His spirit is still here. The shots are still strong. Uh, so yeah, we're getting this in before I go on fucking vacation. Uh, podcast will be down for. Well, fuck. It's not like we don't take breaks any fucking way. It don't matter. Fuck y'all. Uh, uh, get back on the on the twenty first or the twenty second. It's almost two weeks. Uh, yeah, going back out to Hawaii. Ain't gonna be no. I keep saying ain't gonna be no wild stories. I have no fucking idea what's gonna happen when I go out there. And it just so happens that two people that I know, well, one of them already lives out there. But the other one that I used to hang out with, she just went back out there. And I'm hoping she's still there when I'm, while I'm there, but who fuck knows. But yeah, going out there, I'm laying on the sun, lay out in the sun, go to the beach, do some hiking, do some drinking, you know. The usual. Uh, and I'm getting married. I don't even know what the fuck to say about that shit, but whatever, it's happening. So, yeah. Uh, anything on you, on your end? What, anything going on? Yeah. It's your basic old stuff, man. I'm just, you know. We both got the chains kicked off of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck probation. I'm glad that shit over with. Uh, my shit over with. I just ain't got my freedom papers yet. They mail you something. The state mails you something to say that you're officially off probation. Even It doesn't come in until a couple weeks after your date. After your last day. Well, yours should be... You got out before me, right? Got out a week before you. So my shit should be coming probably at the end of the month. And yours will be coming probably around the same time. This is just something from the county saying, you know, you've completed all your obligations or whatever. It's it's, it's not necessary, but it's kind of necessary, I guess. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, so we finally off that shit. Hilariously at the place with a shit on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck the law. <laughs> Fuck the judge. I got a grudge. <laughs> I mean... I'm going to say that my judge... I had a female judge. Yeah, so did I. One of the glasses... Red hair. Reddish hair. Shy looking. Was she Hispanic? My judge was Hispanic. I thought she was white. My judge she wore was glasses? Hispanic. Yeah. Yeah, but it did. 
Like, my judge is kind of young. Like, she's kind of young. Like, it, it would be a judge. Like, you wouldn't expect somebody. Like, she's probably, like, early 40s. You know? Slender? Yeah. Yeah, slender. She's, and honestly, she looked like she had a little body under that robe. Because <laughs> I seen her when she walked out. She's definitely wearing red heels. Well, the last... Man, this is, that's something that's fucked up. Because all the chicks that I dealt with in the legal system... Even the nurse that checked me out when I was in when I was in uh, in the in the lockup, she was kind of high. Like it's weird. Like every oh, I'm not gonna say every chick, cause there was some chicks that worked that the, the girls that work in the fucking administrative part of the fucking of the probation. Center. Yikes. Yeah. Dumb <laughs> bitches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that's the kind of bitches that they'll volunteer for conjugal visits and you be like nah fam I use my hand <laughs> it's like my probation officer man I mean she was fine man but she was a fucking bitch yeah well I mean that's it's kind of fucked up because I had the complete opposite experience my probation officer she wasn't as hot as yours was but but mine was pretty fucking hot. But she was not bitchy at all. Like she was, she was cool. She was just like, "All right, here's your packet. Uh, make sure all this is correct. We're not even gonna talk about your other options until your second visit, and you come back with a clean piss test." So I came back the next month, did my piss test. She's like, "All right, you good?" I need you to do this class so you can go and do your community service. And these are your options for community service. And she was like, which ones do you, you know, which one do you think you can make? So then I told her which one I wanted. And she was like, all right, here's the dates. When you go up there, uh, just give me a call to send me an email. This is on your second visit? Yeah. I didn't even get that. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, when you do that, so then I went. And it just so happened that the day that I went up there, it was the first day of South by Southwest, and the place that I was going to do my, my probation thing, they rented out the space for the whole for all the South by Southwest. So I couldn't start. So when I told her, she was like, oh, all right, we'll just go back next month and let me know. I was like, okay. So I went back the next month, and I did the, did the little bullshit class or whatever. And I started and I did my first like six hours that first day. And after that, she was like, all right, so as long as you do 10 a month, you do two two months of getting at least 10 hours every month. And I'll let you start uh, mailing, in your, mailing in your thing. So I did like 12 hours that first month. And then the next month I did like 11, 11, 11 hours or some shit like that. And she was like, all right, so your next visit, you just mail this in before the 15th, and we good, and this is your date for the next time. And after that, I I had, I was only going to visit like once every other month. And they just let me rock. I was like, all right. See, look, well, they had me fucked up. I, I don't, I don't know what I read. I don't know why I thought I had until a certain time. To have that device fit in my car, mm -hmm. I, I don't know 
what it was. I know I read something. And that's whenever she sat there and said that I can't, I can't leave. I can't drive my car out of there. Right. You know, that's whenever, I, you know. And, uh, and then when I went, and then I had to go to court because of that. Right. Now, there was a place coming up Burleson. There's a place coming up Burleson. All right. Uh, there's like, there's this industrial place. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Okay, I went there instead of going to Congress. Right. Because it was closer. And I already, I called the number, I set up an appointment, I paid on the phone. They didn't have any record. You know? So I went and I told her. And then she says, well, I don't know where that place is. And I'm just sitting here, it's like, how come you don't know where it's at? And it's right up the street from the probation office. You have me go further away than I should. You should know where this is at. So whenever I sat there and I had to go to court and they were saying all this fucking shit, I wish I would have said, look, I went to a place up on Burleson, which the probation officer didn't know nothing about, which she should have. And I had a, uh, and then she told me to get my money back, and then I had to wait uh, seven days right. for them to get my money back, and then I went. But, there, but from what she, the message that she was relaying was like I didn't try to do anything at all. I wish I would have said these things. But whenever I'm sitting up here in court and they're throwing all this stuff, stuff in my face, I'm like, man, what the fuck? You know, and it, and it happens so many times. I'm like, you're, and it, it, you know, I never had the option. Nothing was uh, uh, brought up to me about uh, uh, community service or any of that stuff. You see what I'm saying? She was all focusing on that shit right there. You know, and then, you know, and then I, the fact that you can blow in that motherfucker and it'll still start. I thought you couldn't start that motherfucker if I'd been drinking. You know, and I thought there was a whole thing behind that. So what the fuck kind of bullshit is that? You you gonna allow me to, to drive if I have been drinking? Well, I mean, the system is set up to catch you. It's not set up to stop you. I, I didn't, from the video I watched, I, I thought, you know, the, the car was not supposed to start. You see what I'm saying? No, I understand what you're saying. But, yeah, I mean, look, man. It was pretty obvious from the fuck shit that was going on that there was that, that she was out to, to 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 jam you up. But hey, we made it through that shit. God damn it! Fucking thousands of dollars later, uh, and a whole lot of goddamn time. That shit, I think altogether cost me over five thousand dollars, man. You got a light, dude. This is two lawyers and all that other bullshit. Yeah, uh, my shit is close to ten thousand dollars. Huh? It's gonna, it's gonna end up costing me like ten thousand dollars. Ten? Mm-hmm. Because I got convicted of a D. I got convicted oh. of a DWI. I got to pay a thousand dollars a year for three years. 
So whatever happened to that? They got denied because it's only a thousand dollars a year. You have to apply for every year, and I make too much to get a thousand dollars off. I can afford a thousand dollars a year because it's not. If it would have been like three thousand dollars altogether, they don't count it as three thousand dollars. You got to apply every year that you get charged, and every year that I get charged is three years for a thousand dollars. It's different than like when you get tickets, that shit accumulates. Your DWI shit, it don't accumulate. They consider it one charge per year. I don't know what uh, my cousin James, I don't, I don't know how much he makes, but he should be making some money. You see what I'm saying? And he got approved. And from what he got approved for uh, was cheaper than what I got approved for. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So, I know he makes more than you. He should. Okay. He should. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. But how did that happen? Maybe it's in Houston. Houston lots. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> it's stupid. No, it's, it's fucking dumb. But look, man, I got to pay it. So there ain't no way around it. And I can't afford it. I don't want to fucking pay it, but I can afford it. And I fucked up. So I'm not going to fucking do it. It's gonna cost me more than that. It's gonna cost me more to fight it than it would for me to pay it. Cause you gotta get a lawyer and you gotta go and fight it. Yeah, you do. I didn't get no lawyer. Whatever. I mean, no, I mean to fight it after oh, it's already oh, been decided. Oh, oh. Because I think mine was uh, four. Damn, I forget how much it was. Four thousand. Yeah. It was some money. Yeah, no, I know that. Man, that's what I'm saying. It's yours was four thousand, but it was four thousand. Mine's not considered one lump thing. Like if it would have been if I would have had to pay three thousand dollars, then they would have looked at him and been like, nah, he can't afford to pay three thousand dollars in a year. My shit's not three thousand dollars in a year. It's a thousand dollars a year for three years. That's the problem. Because when I looked at the thing that they sent me, and I was like, oh, mm, yeah. Because when I sent it in, and on my case thing, it's for $1,000. Because that's what I owe this year. And then the next year, I would have to do it again. And then the next year, I would have to do it again. Like, you can't even pay it all at the same time. No, you can't. Not for a DWI. Because it's charged yearly. You don't even put the charge on the books until your year rolls over. Trust me, I checked. That's the way that that's the way the surcharges work when you get a DWI. They want to make sure that you pay it every year, that you pay it yearly. But the fact that you sit here and you paid that money all up front, they won't. Is not even on your thing. <laughs> and another thing, I, whenever I I paid up, uh, you know that uh. What was it? I think I had to pay 13. I can't remember. Man, it was so long ago. Like five years ago. But uh, and then I get this job. I get a letter in the mail saying that uh, I owed them $5. And, you know, my license is invalid or some kind of trash. Mm -hmm. I had to call my job and I had to miss like a week of work. And then come to find out it was an error. Yeah. 
And I'm sitting up here, and I was like, why would I sit up here and pay all that money in and not pay $5? $5. And yeah. if I didn't, why would they give me my license? They yeah, give me my well, license. And the other part is, why would you, like, over $5, yeah. you're going to take somebody's fucking license away? Write that shit the fuck off and move the fuck on. Like if it ain't got if it ain't got two zeros punt, write that shit off. It was five hundred dollars, I could understand. Five bucks. Yeah. It was fifty bucks. It's a state. What are we doing? Yeah. But yeah. But you know what? Enough of that shit. I'm I'm done with it. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. On my on my half, I'm just glad I don't have to do any surcharges. I'm glad they didn't get hit with the DWI yeah. because I wouldn't have my job. Oh, the surcharges is trash. That is a, a trash ass fucking situation for anybody that got a pet. Oh, um, because there's no definition of it. No one can tell you what a, a, a surcharge is. Actually, I do know what it is. It's a penalty from the state. It's, it's what they call a disincentive. A what? A disincentive. It's a financial disincentive. It's basically something that the state makes up to disincentivize people from breaking the law. That's all it is. They actually explained it in that fucking course that I took. They, they were like, this is the only reason why they are, why they are surcharges. It's because the state, like, they don't want to lock people up because it costs money. So what they do is they fucking basically put them in debt and there's a way that uh, DPS can't just take people's licenses away it's it's it's, it's a fucking debt trap it's yeah. bullshit anyway oh uh, and what oh go ahead go ahead there's something I've been wanting to ask you man yeah and I know I've asked you this uh, a thousand and one times. Seeing how blacks are treated that served in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was what, World War One or two? Yeah. And they came back, got lynched, and all that other trash. Right. Okay. Well, the lynchings were more World War One. Okay. One. But there was the Mississippi barracks fire after World War Two. Where uh, well, shit was going on in Mississippi was going on through the 70s. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying that was the big one, though. The big one was Mississippi because I think it was like 40, 40 black army soldiers. They burnt their berries down with them in it because one nigga was being uppity in his uniform. It's like, oh, we supposed to treat you, we supposed to treat you like somebody because you went and fought World War Two. So they followed him back to the berries and they set the barracks on fire. Uh, so my question is, you see. Uh, somebody put a post up about that, right? Okay. And I said, and to this day, I still don't understand why anybody of color would fight for this country. And all they said was, and you'll never understand. All right. Uh, so I went in and I says, um, what I said, what I said was, fight for this country not run drills. What is that supposed to mean? Now, whenever I say run drills, now just because my, how I see it, how I see it, 
just, just because somebody goes into the military and they did not actually have to pick up their gun. Yeah, I never to did. do anything. This is to do anything. Right. All right, and because uh, there's a lot of people that uh, that they're in the army and served after Vietnam. Right. And these people, all they did was just go in and just run drills. You see right. what I'm saying? But then every time something, you know, these things get brought up, they're the first ones, to, you know, to say these things because I served, you know, blah right. blah blah. But you didn't, you didn't fight for the, you didn't fight for nothing. You just joined the military, a because. One, possibly it was a way out. I'm not saying you. No, I look, uh, I tell people I wanted to get out of Houston. That's the only reason why I joined. So, look. So, so, my, so you see the question I'm getting at? No, this, all right. So, the whole I served thing is that once you volunteer, you're under the understanding, under the impression that if something happens, you go. Yeah. You're going. Yeah. So that's what the volunteer. That's what that part is. It's not necessarily that that we served doing combat or we served, you know, in action. Yeah. We weren't in the shit. Yeah. But if something happens, we go. Yeah. And we know that going into it. So that's where the whole I serve thing comes from. It's like, yeah, like you were gonna stay home and be cool in your bed, but if something happens, then I go. So that part, I understand. I get it. The rest of it, it and it, that, that's what the other part of it. The other part that I'm going to say is the part why people say that people who've never served won't understand. Because we don't really fight for the country. We fight for the people that we're in with. Like, I got out two weeks after 9-11. As soon as I saw the planes hit the building, I had, I packed, I shaved and I packed all my shit. Cause I was 100% sure I was gonna fuck it up. I was gonna get recalled. I could've got recalled three years, three years after I got out. For like two weeks, I left my shit packed. After that, until they called and they said, well look, you know, your unit didn't go. Just be ready, be on standby, stay in shape, whatever. So I did for a solid like six months after. I just never got recalled. But that's the that's the part of it that like you give up a certain part of your life being in the military, and that's something that other people don't like. You just don't understand it, like because you're not in it. You know, you're not there. Like yeah, for me, I got up, I worked out, I ran, I did all this shit, I shot. You know, we did. Well, I was a computer technician. I'm not gonna sit up and say like we did combat drills every day. We didn't. We did it like two or three times a year, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, like it's just like it's just going with the stress of knowing that yeah. Like if I was in the military now, you, you gotta be on edge. You have to be. So I mean that's the part of it that like we tell like, yeah, you're not gonna understand that because it's not your job. Like that's like like, you know, I was a computer technician, but our job is war. So, like, that part of it, no, nobody's going to understand it. Nobody should understand it. That's the reason why the military is all volunteer. <laughs> so, like, and and I hate, I hate to see people throw it in people's face. 
Like, you're not better. You're not more American. You're not whatever just because you serve. Like, nobody... Like, we get it. Like, I get it respect to people who've been in combat. Like, my brother. My brother's been in combat a bunch of times. And I give him that respect. But I give him that respect because he risked his fucking life. Not necessarily for who. But somebody that's been through that kind of shit, that's seen that many dead bodies, that's been through that kind of violence. Yeah, he's seen some shit that I've never seen. I give him that I give him that respect like it's not the same respect I would give to like somebody that, that was in gang shit but like you've been shot at you've been shot at like <laughs> it was uh it's like my cousin in uh, North Carolina um he was a marine uh I don't know what it's called he was part of the med medvac or whatever uh-huh. So he had to fly in to zone, you know, on the chopper. Mm-hmm. I don't think he picked up a gun, but he had to fly in and get these people up out mm-hmm. from these situations, trying to bandage bandage them. Yeah, like the he skin's was evac. Falling off and all this other he was stuff. evac with the corpsman. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably flight crew or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's still fucking dangerous as shit. And, yeah. and if you're doing medevac, yeah, more likely you had to pick up a gun. You might not shot any, shoot at anybody, but you definitely had a gun with you. Because all flight crew have to carry guns. If they can be, if they flying in a combat zone, because that plane has, that, that helicopter has to land. You have to protect the perimeter around that plane. So I guarantee you picked up a gun. Because uh, we're not, we're not, if he was a Marine, he wasn't medical personnel. We don't have medical personnel. The Navy does that for us. The Marines do not patch people up. Then why did he tell me that? If he was part of medevac, there's the people who fly the helicopter. The people who fly the helicopter are Marines. The guys who actually patch people up are Navy. Like everybody else. He just had to suit them up for... Probably, yeah. He was flying in and, and and protecting the corpsmen when they went out to pull people off the battlefield. But Marines don't patch people up. We're the only we're the only branch of the service that don't have a medical corps. So you got Navy corpsmen, Army medics, and uh, pararescue for the Air Force. And the Coast Guard has people, but they're not DOD. There's some weird other offshoot, but they have corpsmen also. Marines do not have medical personnel. We all get basic field medical training, but we don't have anybody that specializes in that. We don't even have an MOS for it. So either your cousin, if he was patching people up, your cousin was a corpsman and he was stationed with Marines, but he was part of the Navy. Or if he was a Marine and he was on medevac, then he was one of the flight crew on a helicopter. He was Marine. Yeah, things probably flight crew. Because that was actually the job that I was looking to get if I would have re-enlisted because I wanted to be flight crew. Because I wanted to uh, get my uh, my uh, jump wings. And the only way you can get your jump wings in the Marine Corps is if you, uh, well, if you're a grunt, uh, you can get your jump wings or if you're a uh, flight crew. Because all flight crew got to get jump certified. 
Yeah, and I didn't want to leave the air wing. I like the air wing. But yeah, like, look, man. That's just like you meet guys who who cool like John. You know, John, he used to work up at HEV. Big white dude, big belly, used to come out and smoke at night. Looks like Red Skull? Yeah. But John was cool as shit. But he never threw the shit in your face no. about what he did. But if you ask him about it, he tell you. Huh. And that's the way it changes. He's like, what the fuck? Look, I get it. I miss that guy, man. The, you know, he looked like he'd break your neck. Oh, you would. <laughs> John was a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's what part of their life is. Like, and then and when it comes down to it, like when you listen to any black warrior role talk about what the fuck he did. I don't hear him talking about the country and, and all this shit. He talks about the people he was with. Because that's who you really fight for. Because that's who you there with. <laughs> I've never heard. And I've met plenty of guys who've been in combat. I've met plenty of guys who've been in this shit. Not one of them talks about about all that idealistic shit. That idealistic shit is shit that people say we've never been in it. It's like my Uncle Slate. Uh, he went to Nam. And... All he told me was the different places he went to before. Mm-hmm. But trying to get out of them, hey man, why is it we can't touch your hands whenever you sleep? Who just look at me? That's his answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's some people. Like, look, man. Hey, cause I seen a picture of your uncle and he was short. And if he was in combat, if he was in combat, he might have been a tunnel rat. Hey, if you're a tunnel rat, that that was the worst job you could have in now. What is that? So uh, the Viet Cong would dig tunnels underneath the jungle to like pop up and ambush people and do all this other shit. And the tunnel rats were the guys, the shorter guys that they would send in to go get the motherfuckers out of those tunnels. They would live in those tunnels. They would sleep in those tunnels, like the fucking Viet Cong. One of the worst fucking jobs you can have. This is blood and guts, basically the entire time. And they did a lot of night operations. Like it's but like I said, it's something that I can talk about because I've heard it. Not anything I've ever experienced. Now. something else we've been talking about uh, we brought it before and it's this whole kneeling thing mm-hmm. now is that mosquitoes? no it's flies because I got something for that uh, why don't people understand? they don't want to understand it's willful ignorance people saying whatever the fuck they're gonna say uh, just because they don't like it 
And and part of it is because the guys who are doing it are rich. Yeah. And their life sucks. And they don't understand what these rich assholes who being paid to play a kid's game are complaining about. They don't they don't get it because they don't want to get it. Like this is a it's not a it's not a tough concept. And the other part about it is is most people don't know that uh, until about 10, 12 years ago, they didn't have all this military shit in the NFL. Well, because they got the the the, the military or whoever yeah, no, paid. DLD the NFL. pays for it. DLD so, pays for it. Okay, so if they had to pay them to be patriotic, how is that being patriotic if you had to pay somebody? It, yeah, it's not. Look, but the thing is, is nobody ever really even noticed. Yeah, there was people out there, but there was people in the back. Yeah. In the locker room. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, that was the way it used to be. Is before that, the teams never had to come out for the yeah, anthem. You're right, you're right, you're right. The teams would be in it because they would come out, they would stretch, and then the big shot before would be the team running out of the tunnel. Because they still do it at the Super Bowl. Yeah. When you look at the Super Bowl, they sing the anthem, they do all that shit, the flyover happens, all that shit, right? And then they introduce the quarterback, and then they introduce the members of the starting offenses and defenses for whatever teams win the coin flip. They run out of the tunnel. The teams aren't even on the field for the fucking, for the anthem during the Super Bowl. Because that's the way it used to be before, and they didn't they didn't change it. Because, But now you had teams like, they'll have like, uh, when the Ravens, when the Ravens didn't want to be introduced individually, they all came out locked arms and they just introduced them as the Baltimore Ravens as a team. Like, look, man, all of that, that the kneeling shit pisses me off on a couple different on a couple different fronts. Because the whole point of freedom of speech, the whole point of it is, is that I can do my thing and you can do your thing, and we're still Americans, and on those things we don't agree. And that's fine. I'm not going to fucking persecute you for that shit. Like, the basis of all of this shit is just, if motherfucker ain't hurting you, let that shit slide. That's what shit should be. Like, I don't personally agree with the kneeling thing. And I'm not saying that. And when I say I don't personally, I don't, I don't care if somebody else kneels. I'm not going to. But if you do it and that's the way you feel about it, what the fuck does that have to do with me? Yeah. How does what you do affect how I feel about anything? Exactly. So, like, even if you don't agree with it, even if you do think, like, people are like, oh, I was disrespectful to the troops. No, the fuck is not. You, know, you do realize that the cops, like, a World War II hero, uh, Kerry Johnson, uh, Congressional Medal of Honor winner uh, came back with the Harlem Hellcats. Got almost beat to death by two NYPD police officers. Two years after he came back, walking out of the hotel he worked at as a fucking elevator operator. That's disrespecting the truth. Doing kneeling. Come on, man. And, and if you want to talk about motherfuckers disrespecting this fight. The most famous case of that is uh, Pat Tillman. 
Arizona Cardinals gave up his fucking $2 million football contract to go fight in Afghanistan, went over there and got shot by friendly fire. <laughs> and then the government tried to hide it. And the NFL went along with that shit. Had a big ceremony across the thing and they had Senator John McCain come out and say, well, Pat's up there with God and all this other shit. And his brother was like, Pat was an atheist. <laughs> he just really, like Pat, believed that, you know, America was a force of good. And most of the time we are. Most of the time. But, like, look. It's not that. Like, every person that I've ever met who's been in combat, the one thing they tell me is it's fucking chaos and the only people you can depend on are the only pe other people around you. It's the only people you trust. It's the only people you fuck with. And that's who you fight for. Now, once again, not speaking from experience, I don't want to give anybody the impression that I've ever been in combat. I spent five, I spent Four years and nine months of the five years I spent in the Marine Corps party. <laughs> the only three months that I didn't party was the three months I was in boot camp. And even that shit, I look back on it and I think that shit was funny. I am, I am the best case scenario of somebody joining the military. Joining getting paid to party, having a great job, working with some cool people, and getting out two weeks before the shit happens and never getting seen. I'm best case scenario, if, if you don't want to go to war, if you didn't join for that shit. I'm best case scenario, and they paid for two years of college. Best case scenario, sitting right here. But I've known enough people who've been in that shit to say, Half the shit people think they know about the military, they don't know shit about the military if they haven't been in. And and part of that is just simply because you've never been in it. Like I don't know shit about optics because I've never worked in a fucking in a place where that's done. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell you about that job. And I couldn't tell you about how people think or feel about it. I couldn't tell you what it's like to be a bartender. There's a bunch of shit I can't tell you because I've never been in it. Right. But yeah. So. But as far as all that other shit, like that, some people just want it. Like they want it. They want to feel special. They want to feel special. And if that's their way of feeling special, you know, like some shit, yeah, you got to give them a pass on. But other shit, like people, like okay, what is that supposed to mean? I mean, that's, it's almost a Jesus com complex. For some people, yeah. For some people. A lot. I mean, I, and, and, and then and then for for people in the military to disregard the fact of how uh, people of color were treated while they were in the military. Well, see, this is the thing. We don't disregard it. No, we don't. We acknowledge it. We acknowledge it. My grandfather was in the military in 1950. 
He acknowledges, like that's not, it's not some fucking hidden fact. Like it's not like the black people join the military, we think racism don't exist. We know it exists. We know it existed in the military. We know it exists to this day. In it. But just like motherfuckers out here, we deal with it. Just like motherfuckers in the civilian world got to deal with racist cops and deal with racist bosses. It's the same thing. You want me to get another round? Yeah. Just beer? Uh, it's fine with me. Yeah, I'm going to get beer right now. Okay. I got my car. So, Jeremy's going to get a beer. So I guess we can take an ad break. Uh, so yeah, the last On Location podcast, we completely neglected to mention our sponsor. And uh, sorry for that. Uh, shout out to Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. That is uh, Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. You can uh, check them out on Etsy. Look them up. Fuck with them. Uh, they hook you up with all of your barbecue and spices needs. Uh, great rubs. I personally love the mad cow and the lemon pepper. The lemon pepper is great on wings. Great on chicken wings. Uh, the mad cow is great for burgers, uh, smoking sweetness, all that other shit. It's fucking amazing. Uh, and you can you go on Etsy. You uh, put in whatever, man. It's W-H-A-T-E-V-A-M-A-N. Get 10% off on all purchases over six bucks. Fucking amazing. So, yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to Jared and Jay. Uh, shout out to all our listeners everywhere. And, uh, yeah, it's a great idea. Hot as fuck out here, though. It is hot as fuck. What is sex? It's to be expected. So, yeah, fuck with Hooks Road for Spices. Look them up. And, uh, yeah, treat yourself. Sometime this summer. Barbecue. Rub it on your meats and your wet knots. All over your face, neck, and chest. Put your rubs and spices on Etsy. Whatever, man. 10% off. Use the promo code. Uh, you can uh, also link to it on our website. That's uh, whateverman.com. Uh, we have a link. Uh, you just click that, take you right to the Etsy page, and uh, puts in the code for you. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, shout out to my cousin, Max Mordeeb, uh, Fadaki on uh, Instagram. Yeah, check him out. They're out there on the ses- Sessions and Sections tour, doing uh, poetry and hip-hop. So, uh, yeah, fuck with them. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Shout out to hashtag Blackout Podcast. Shout out to what is TWS, uh, Talk It Out Podcast, all the people in Potted Family, Tripod, all that other shit. And here comes the second round. Jaren's gonna jump back in this thing.
Shit is beer-tastic. So, uh, I'm gonna, if you got any, if you don't have anything else on that subject, because uh, I just shouted out our sponsors and everything, uh, I want to raise a glass to my man Anthony Bourdain. I don't know what the man was going through, but uh, yeah, the world's a little less interesting without that man in it. I still blame it on the medication of these people that are on because of the side effects. How yeah. are you going to give somebody some medication and they're feeling this ways, but it's going to give them suicidal, suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Look, man, I had. I'm not qualified to even fucking begin to try to answer that question. All I know is, is that fucking that SSRIs and mood enhancers and all the other shit is not is not a perfect science. From the one psych class I took in college, basically, they just give you shit until you tell them that it's making you feel a certain way. So. But look, be careful, and and I know I've, I've met people who are bipolar when they're off their fucking medication. Oh, um, fucking crazy! Yeah, I, like all you can do is, because the problem with this shit is, because nobody really knows what it does, because it affects everybody differently. So basically, what you're doing is depending on a mentally ill person to be honest with you about how this medication is making them feel. And then you're trusting somebody on the outside of that person's body to interpret whatever fucking message is being sent to them. And giving them the correct doses of some medication that you're guessing on how it's gonna make them feel. Like, it's it's crazy. It's, it's a fucking crazy. It, it's, it's... Was he bipolar? I don't know. Was he on medication? I don't know. I mean, I know he was dealing... I know he dealt with depression. And I know he had been through some shit. But... Like, that's the... That's the... It's... Because it... It's kind of weird to read all the messages. The people like, well, he seemed to be so happy. He seemed to enjoy life so much and all this other stuff. But the thing is, is you're not in his head, so you can't really know. And anytime you saw him, like anytime the public saw him, like I can't say because I'm not in his life yeah. like that. Yeah. Anytime you saw him on television, he was always excited and happy and he seemed like he was really, really enjoying his life. So I'm not qualified to speak on it because I'm not there when the camera's on off. You know, all I can do is is read his words, watch his actions on television, and trying to judge it from that. But then that's not a fair depiction of anybody's life. You know, I don't know what his, I don't know his good days and his bad. Like, I don't, we don't see that. So like, to sit up and be like, well, 
you know, I don't understand why. He, well, of course you don't understand why he did it. You saw him for an hour, yeah, an edited hour every week. Of course you don't understand why he did it. You're not supposed to understand why he did it. And admittedly, it's selfish for me to be like, yeah, I wish he was around more to entertain me. But that's part of it. But the other part is, man, like, I don't want to see anybody go out like that. Like, I don't want to see anybody go out. Like, if he never did another episode of the show, but he was around, you know. But it's a, it's a fucked up thing. Well, it's that right there, what you said. Um, something completely different. Uh, my uh, HR was telling me about her brother. He's got cancer. Mm-hmm. And pretty much when it, when it comes to it, because he don't want to be on a bag or none of that. Yeah. He just wants to die. Right. So she says, it would be selfish of me to say something. Hey, I want you to live and all this. In other words, she wants him to do something that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Because in the long run, if she said something and he ended up a certain way he didn't want to be. Right. And then here he is saying, well, look, because of you. She doesn't want that. Yeah, she doesn't want him to resent. I mean, either way, it's selfish. Because you either want him around or yeah. you don't want him to resent you. So yeah. you're still taking your feelings into consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, look, man, like, yeah, sometimes you got to be selfish. Like, it's, it's, it's catch-22. Because either... You be dishonest and don't tell motherfuckers how you feel. Or you be selfish and be like, I don't want this. And, and, like, but that's part of being human. Like, that's part of, that's part of it. That's part of our experience here on Earth. There's some moments, yeah, some moments you're going to be selfish. Some moments you're going to take and be like, no, I need you to consider how it's gonna affect me because I don't want this. And if that prevents somebody from making a bad decision because they respect your opinion or they love you that much, then yeah, sometimes you gotta do it. Well, you know, but I mean, ultimately that's up to that person. So, I mean, you don't have any control over it, but I don't see anything wrong with telling somebody if that's honestly how you feel about it. It's like my Uncle Wilson, you know, he chose not to have the operation because, you know, risk of his dick not working anymore. Right. Chose not to do the chemo, I'm, I'm guessing here, uh, chose not to do the chemo because of how the chemo it reacts. Makes you feel, yeah. Uh, so, with that, he, he dealt with it for 16 years, which... I thought that he went an alternate route and he beat it, you know, like Tommy Chong did. I, I, I never asked. It just, I knew he had it. But mm-hmm. then me being around him a lot, I thought he beat it. So now it's spread to his bones. 
So all he wants is just to be comfortable enough to go to the bathroom. Right. He doesn't need him on the treatment. I mean, he's 70. And, you know, and, and, and you know, with me sitting here bringing this all up, man, I, I was sitting here thinking about it. Next month, this month, I'm just going to go up there and uh, spend like four days with him. I'm going to try to spend four days with him. And, uh, but I don't want to go to that funeral. I, I, I thought about it. And I'm gonna, you know, get my money back on suit yeah. and everything. I can't, you know, when I had to go back home, thinking that my grandma was in the, just in the hospital, yeah. not knowing what was going on, and then she dies the same day, that night I get there. You know, I mean. I was the only one that she didn't, you know, I, whenever I talked to her on the phone, all she said there was like, when am I coming up here, you know? Yeah. Everybody, you know, sat down with her. I was the only one that did. And they were telling me that she was waiting for me to get there. Yeah. And she died and I got there. But I said that and I told myself, hey, I'm not going to sit there and do that again, you know? But I think I just want to just go up there and just yeah, spend some time while he's there. Yeah. No, no I, I don't, don't want to see that. No, I 100% get that, man. I didn't. I. Like, it's. I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of people talking down on me. Hey, about but, that. Like, My grandma died. And she lived with us, with me and my mom, for, I don't know, like 10 years. And she had Alzheimer's and dementia, and I helped take care of her that entire time. The day she died, I was the person that carried her from her bed in the back of the house to the gurney in the front of the house where, you know, they was there and they comforted her and my whole family was there. And, and she just passed away. And, you know, everybody was sad, everybody was crying. I cried. But that day when everybody was there grieving and, and doing whatever and you know they you know covered up and wheeled out and put on the truck you know to take it to the funeral and prepare and everything like everybody wanted to sit around and I was like I can't do this and I went and I went to work because I couldn't be in that house I was like I'm not gonna be in this house for fucking eight hours with everybody crying. Like, I was here for 10 years. I saw her change in front of me. I saw her forget who I was. So, 
So, yeah, like, you know, everybody handles that shit different. My cousin died. I didn't go to his funeral. Not, and it, it's because I saw him. I seen him. Probably three months before he died. Because he died in February or some shit like that. Like February, March. It's around Mardi Gras time. It was actually the night that we went to uh, to Carnival. That's why I was sitting in the car. My mom called me at like midnight and told me he got shot. And I saw him that Christmas. We were sitting in the chair laughing and talking. And he was about to graduate high school. He was supposed to graduate high school. And he got killed. And I remember my mom was like, everybody going to the funeral? And I gave her the money. I was like, look, you know, you know, this is my donation to the funeral and all this other shit. It's like, I can't go because I don't want to see him in that box. I want to remember him how he was the last time I saw him. And I ain't go. Because I don't want that to be the last, the last image of my cousin. The little boy that I carried on my shoulders when he was a little kid, when he was a baby. So I 100% understand it. If people can't understand that, just like, man, can't nobody tell you how you supposed to remember somebody? How you want to do it? Like everybody has their way. My way isn't to sit with everybody and cry and try to. That's not what I do with you. You know, you know, it's, well, something's just it's fucking crazy. You know how I found out she was in the hospital? My grandma? We're over in Ryan's, and we took some triple sack uh, eggs. <laughs> you know, it's rolling. But... out of nowhere I had to call and check my message like hey Jeremy you know don't do that I was like no I gotta check my message and then once again kept going on back and forth and I sobered up for about 30 minutes yeah. because if something went right Call my, check my messages and it was my Uncle Wynn. Um, well, Jeremy, since you haven't been home in three weeks, which I have been home, I just didn't, yeah. it was at work. Uh, grandma's in the hospital. Um, I would have bought you a ticket, but you hadn't been at home. Um, you need to be home tomorrow morning to take me to the, the airport. On triple sacks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I made it home. I mean, I was still fucked up, but then I called home. Called home. I talked to my grandma. Fucked up. You know, but all she was saying when, when I was coming, when I was coming. I was right. like, look, you know, I don't know. And then my Uncle Atlas took the phone and he's like, look, you need to figure out something. You need to be up here, you know. And but I just I just felt like uh, it was just crazy how I 
I mean, I understand his family. But I just knew something in the midst of everything that was going on. Everything stopped. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that shit works, man. I mean, I, I just thought it was crazy. Man, I was... Jesus. You had no fucking idea. Like, like, because it was right. When you, when I went to go get the car, and I was coming down to pick you and the chick in the Bruce Lee outfit and a little short white girl who was going over to the fucking hotel or whatever, that's when I got the call. That's when I was going to get the car. Whenever Lori? Yeah. Yeah. And you remember how fucked up I was. And I remember my mama calling me. And the only reason I answered it was because it was her. But you didn't tell me nothing. I know. I didn't, like, I didn't, I was just like, she, like, literally she, I, I picked up the phone and I was like, hello. And she was, and the first words out of her mouth was, Rory's dead. She was like, what? And then she told me that he was out celebrating with some friends because uh, he found out he was going to graduate. And they went to Mardi Gras in Galveston. And they was at the seawall and some dudes got into a fight. And one of the dudes got jumped and he pulled out a gun and started shooting in the crowd and one of them hit Rory in the chest and he died on the street. Did they ever find the guy? Yeah, he turned himself in two months later. And I just sat there and my mom was crying on the phone and I just, I didn't know how to fucking handle it. Like I sat there for like five minutes. Like, I was just like, and she was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah. Like, I didn't know. What's it do? Yeah. And I was like, how's Dory? Because he's a twin. I was like, how's his brother? How's Chastity? You know, how's everybody else? And she's like, you know, they all, you know, went up. You know, but he, he died on the street. Like, there wasn't anything anybody could do. He died for the pyramid and he even got there. Like, and she was like, well, I just wanted you to know, I'm gonna let you go. And I was like, okay. And I sat there for a couple minutes and I drove down there and picked y'all up. Like, I just didn't know what the fuck to do. I was just. I didn't know all that was going on that night, man. I know, and I, I, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you on purpose. Because, I mean, what, what could you have done? What shit anybody could have done?
Ah. Change the subject. Now, I saw this meme, uh, one of them girls that I know back home. Uh, something like, um, it bothers me the fact that people that are in their 30s and above still considered the hashtag, I mean the hashtag, the pound, pound sign. And when you have that movement, hashtag me too. Oh yeah, I saw that pound me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that James shared that one. So, you know, all I was going to say is this right here. You, you, you have a lot of women talking about all the bad that men are doing in the industry and all this shit. Right. But nowadays, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going on. I mean, I'm not saying it ain't happening, but no one's ever saying anything about what these women are do, doing to these boys in school. Now, look, whenever we were growing up, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it was mostly in college. They wrote songs about that shit. Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Robinson. But it was mostly in college, not high school. I had, nah, I think motherfuckers just fucking motherfuckers. Like, like look, I said, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Yeah. It's just, it was more uh, a substitute teacher, or if a teacher did do it, you didn't see him no more. Yeah. Well. See, this is this is one of those things. No, 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 no. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you rock. What's more? What's worse? What's going on in the industry, or what these women are doing to these high school, or uh, what? What? What is it? Middle school? Well, it depends. It depends on. Depends on what. All right. So some shit is just transactional fucking. Great. I tell you, I can get you a job. You suck my dick. That's transitional fucking. Okay. Now that's part of the Me Too movement too. Well, I was afraid it was gonna hurt my employment opportunities. No, maybe just a hoe. Cause, like, if you were a bus driver and the dispatch person was like, "You suck my dick," well, I'm not gonna give you no routes. <laughs> or, 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 or your routes are gonna be heavy as shit. Yeah, and you'd be like. Fuck this job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if some director is like, you, know, you suck my dick and you're not going to get this part in this movie, you just don't want to say no to the movie. You've made an adult decision. That's transactional function. Is it bad? Yes. People should not abuse their power like yeah. that. That is a bad thing. But it is not rape. not real now there's some things like what Harvey Weinstein was doing when he was throwing bitches down in hotel rooms and eating their pussy on their theory and, and raping women that's rape the shit Bill Cosby was doing peeling bitches up and fucking them while they sleep that's rape true but they, they still came back I, I they still came back I, I get that. I, they, I'm, not, I'm not. I know it's wrong, but they still that. came back. I get that, but like, that's different. Now, if 
I would say the equal plane would be some 40-year-old woman taking advantage of a middle schooler. But if some 32-year-old housewife fucking school teacher is fucking some 17-year-old football player, that's not racist. That's not taking advantage of anybody. Because that 17-year-old boy could whoop her ass if he wanted to. He's making a decision. And and look, I know people would be like, well, if there was a 17-year-old girl and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but that's because he's a girl. It's got nothing to do with age. She can't defend herself against a grown man. If it's rape. And that's why people need to, like... And it's hard for me to say this because I got, I live in a house with girls that age. And if anything happened to them, whether they consented to it or not, yeah. I'm, I'm going to beat the brakes off of whoever the fuck it is. Like, off jump. I don't care if they crying in the drop. I love Mr. Saxby. Well, Mr. Saxby went to get his ass whipped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to grab the bat out the back of my truck. And I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. Mr. Milton's gonna get some work. Yeah. I'm about to, he about to get the business. And <laughs> get this two piece chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the thing is, is that, yeah, sometimes people gotta recognize double standards. There's just a double standard. And you, you don't have to be cool with it. You don't have to be cool with the fact that there's a double standard there. But there is 100% a double standard there. Because that 17-year-old boy's life is not in danger. That 17-year-old boy, if he don't want to fuck that old housewife, he'd be like, no, Miss Rogers, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> That's what it is. Like, to me, it's not even about the sex. It's about danger. Now, now, now I'll say this. If Miss Rogers... They on a the, on the school field trip, and she dosing those kids with X, or dosing those kids with dope. Then we talking about the same level of shit. Yeah. We talking about the same level of wrong. Yeah. But if she's just like, hey, let me get that seventeen year old dick, and they like, all right. Like she can't teach anymore. She should never be a teacher anymore. But is she a sex offender? Like, can she not work at the fucking, at, at Walgreens? She can't be a cashier at Walgreens now? But the law. It's the law. No, I know the law is the law. And, like, I, I'm not even above them being put on, like, like there should be levels of sex offenders. Well, let's say, for instance, me. I've run across. I'm, <laughs> hold on. Well, hold on. I started that one off wrong. <laughs> the I thoughts started. that Jeremy is about to express do not represent Chuck or the whatever man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, I started that out wrong. Let's just say, for instance, me. Okay. If. God damn it. <laughs> Let's just say, I knew. I knew, some, I knew like a 17, 16, 17 year old. Right. Was a hoe. Right. And some words were said that I knew that she was, you know, I, you know she was one to fuck. Right. And I brought it up, and I fucked. Mm-hmm. Now, how would you think that would play out? 
if I got caught. Well, if a dad's a real man, he's going to beat the brakes off you. Say again? Said if a dad's a real man, he's yeah, going to yeah, come. Yeah. He's going to yeah, come. Yeah, but I'm talking about. He's going to come talk to you. But you talking about legally? Legally. Why are they putting your ass under the jail? They put you under the jail. Yeah. Um. Because uh, a person that I know who shall remain, remain nameless uh, got caught smoking weed in the car with an 18 year old. An 18 year old. And her parents called the cops on him and had him arrested. That's bullshit. And he spent two weeks in jail over that shit. I don't know this person, do I? Yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about it off Okay, after. okay. Uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, look, man. It, it, it was it was an 18 year old white girl so uh, <laughs> but look man motherfuckers don't play that like the whole statutory thing cause like I wanna say that this shit is gross and and it is it is. It's fucking gross. But I don't know. It's I can't I can't really speak on it like accurately because it's it's fucking weird to me. Because we put out all of this shit like sexualizing young girls. And then you expect motherfuckers not to react to it. And then there are just some people who are, who are attracted to fucking kids. And then you have girls like, look, I went to high school with homes. So did I, shit. Like, they were 15 to 16 going to clubs, and they were dating 21-year-olds. And, and those 21-year-olds did not know the real ages of those girls. So when I say, like, I didn't know the quote-unquote pedophiles, but I knew the girls that were dating quote-unquote pedophiles. <laughs> so, the, the thing is for me, is for somebody, a, a man to sit here and do that, that young, I, that girl ain't figured out what she's supposed to be doing to her body yet. It could be some nasty-ass shit going on there. Yeah. But your mind is that twisted that you don't care? But man, when I worked at the 7-Eleven. Well, see, the thing you got to remember, though, is that a motherfucker who's in his 20s fucking with a 15-year-old, he's never fucked with a real woman before, so he don't know either. His mind is where a 15-year-old is. His mind's probably younger than where a 15-year-old is. See, the thing is, is, I've never been attracted to young girls. Like, when I was young, I wasn't attracted to girls my age. So... It, I've never like I, I like when I see a young girl now I look and I'm like nice I don't want to talk to her if I gotta have a conversation I don't want to fuck, fuck talk to somebody like I'm I'm about to be 40 I don't want to talk to anybody younger <laughs> than 32 <laughs> I have Chuck <laughs> do you see what the fuck I've been going through for a long motherfucking time yeah yeah, I do. For the longest motherfucking time. Oh, come on, Jeremy. What's this? 
I can't take this bitch to the fucking bar. What the fuck do I need to be fucking? Ah, oh, man, come on, man. I said, like, no, I, I know what she looks like. You know, uh, old girl, Angel. Yeah. Uh, what was she, 18? Or yes. about to turn 18? Yeah. And I was, what, 34? Yeah. Yeah. Or just about to, about to turn 34? She's nice to look at. Great tits. But I'm like, nah, nah. I can't talk to you. But. We're going we to talk about Pokemon? Huh? We're going to talk about Pokemon? You going to show me your Yu-Gi-Oh cards, bitch? Uh, fuck out my face. I mean, we had that chick over there partying with us, right? Yeah. She was going upstairs and throwing up in the sink. Fucking up our shit every other time. And I'm sitting up here, you know, I was telling Lynn, but he was, you know. Need deep in pussy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, but I mean, Glenn was that age. Like, hey, you remember when I was trying to get Whataburger number five mm-hmm. to go take a shower? Were you there that night? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was there. What in the fuck? Like, look, man, get in the shower. Refused. <laughs> Flat out refused to wash her ace. I when I said that and I saw what was going on and then I remember me and Lynn were sucking on her toes. I was just Oh yeah. my god. You yeah, should have done. Put some hooky rolls with spices on that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Some establishments that cater to people of a certain age, and go. I hear. I hear. There's a bar called Nomads. Nope. No mams. Nomads. Nomads. Yeah. It's up. It's a little north, but not too far north. It's like Central Austin. I hear that's a good place. I hear that's where all the like the, the 35 and up ladies hang out. She go over there and visit. See what's up. Can't go with you, Chuck, no more, man. Why not? Not after you leave and come back. Fuck out of here with that shit. You on watch. I'm on watch. You gonna be on watch. On watch for what? I'm be doing the same thing I've been doing for like the last like six years, you know. You gonna be on watch when you get back. We ain't gonna be able to do what we used to do. I have been doing what we used to do for years.
Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're still going to be on watch. No, I know. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And I'm not even talking about me, man. You, Do what? I'm not even talking about me. True. What about you? <laughs> and I mean, it's just, look, man, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. I mean, what the fuck, like, man, we we out here doing the shit we do. Chuck all domesticated and shit. Yeah, I am. I am. I never thought that shit would happen. Another one gone. Can't run with the lions no more. What lions? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I can't. What, I I'm from Houston? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hunting. I'm out here hunting. Hunting wildebeest, <laughs> just looking at the watering hole. Every once in a while, you jump up and you're like, shit. <laughs> Sit my ass back down. Yeah, man, the only way I'm getting back out there is if I get arrogant in the threesomes, and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you might as well get that eraser and just <laughs> dig that all through your brain, man. Sitting outside, sitting outside grocery stores. Hey, excuse me, sir. <laughs> 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 My wife really likes you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> if you don't know what that joke is in reference to, you gotta go back and listen to some old episodes. <laughs> oh man, look. It is what it is. I'm not gonna sit up here and be like, oh yeah, I'm still gonna be doing the show. Like, no, I'm not. I know I'm not, because I haven't been doing it for fucking years. But the truth of the matter is, is I, I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can say I don't have a heart to do it. I just don't have a desire to anymore. Cause like even now when I go out with Eric and I look and I'm like, I, I can get that one. But you out with her, man. Of course. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I still see it. I still got the vision. I still got the eyes. I can still spot them, and I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I know you got the vision. There you go. you know, when you've been out there, <laughs> you say, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was definitely going to suck somebody's dick in the park. <laughs> Cause look, man. But hey, 
interesting, man. All, all I'm talking about is going and, and exploring some new bars. Yeah. With some, with, some, with some different talent. I mean, this is always going to be home base. God bless vendors. As long as it's here, I'm going to be fucking with it. But especially if Mike's still pouring drinks. If he don't get arrested for killing people. Don't you, whip, don't you put that evil on him. Mike. Don't Mike. you put that evil on him. Mike. Don't you put that evil on him. Don't you put that evil on Mike. Right, don't not. you fucking put I'm that not. evil on Mike. I'm sorry, Mike. God damn. Take that shit back. I'll take it back. Fuck you doing? Fuck cussing. Fucking tumblers though. <laughs> how you how you give a motherfucker shots in his half a rock glass? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this time he's pouring shots and I look and I'm like, fam, what are you? <laughs> we just got here. <laughs> and that's what he did to me whenever I got <laughs> here Friday night. Hey, <laughs> like, that was on me. What the fuck, Mike? <laughs> doing you want the rest of this bottle <laughs> <laughs> you remember when he did that shit the yeah <laughs> yeah it was like a quarter full he was like well, I'm gonna empty this up. what are you doing <laughs> so we just Drinking glasses of whiskey. <laughs> no ice, nothing. <laughs> no ice, no lime, no nothing. Just going raw dog. And <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Cosby. <laughs> All right, man. We've been we've been going on for about thirty minutes, so I think it's a good time to wrap this shit the fuck up and put this shit down. Go in and uh, do some proper drinking. Oh. So any final thoughts? I don't know, man. Uh, those of you that don't want to do it, along with myself, uh, go and get that prostate check. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that shit. Especially if you if you like past thirty five, you need to get that shit checked. Uh, yeah, definitely do that. Take care of yourself. There's too many dudes don't go to the fucking doctor when they need to. I'm one of them. Uh, so yeah, definitely do that. Uh, I want to once again say rest in peace to Anthony Bourdain. Uh, I don't know what you was going through, but I don't miss you. Um, oh. We're not a sports podcast. We're not a sports podcast. <laughs> but if you bum-ass millennials don't fucking stop talking about LeBron James being the GOAT. Quit calling that motherfucking King James, man. Fuck that motherfucker. How dare you gonna sit here, grown-ass men, calling that motherfucker King James. The GOAT is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> okay. It is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I don't want to hear anybody else's name mentioned. Okay. He got he got his ass kicked by two light-skinned dudes. A dude with a terrible haircut and Draymond Green. Could you imagine if uh, Iverson was playing for uh, uh, Golden State now in his prime? Yeah. 
with, with, with everybody. With them? Oh, absolutely would have won 30 championships. Look. Look. I'm so sick of this fucking debate. And they fucking air it every fucking mm-hmm. look. And, and this is the this is the terrible part is because these motherfuckers think that if you don't call LeBron the goat, you saying he's not good. LeBron James is objectively a good basketball. Yes, player. he yes. is objectively a great basketball yes. player. All we're saying is he's not the best basketball player to ever live. Yes. Because I, off the top of my head, can think of five people I would take over LeBron James. He needs to humble himself, man. I, you know, it's not even LeBron that bothers me. Because for him to be as good as he is, he has to be that cocky. The people that get on my nerves is his fans. Because Jordan was cocky. Like, there's no great anything. There's no great the person that's great at anything that's not cocky. Because to even get to that level, you have to have a certain level of I'm better than everybody. So I want to be better than everybody. But the people who dick ride him somewhere, and and I never you never hear me call people dick ride. Just like the fucking cowboy fans, man. Oh my god, worst worst fans in sports. Cowboy fans are the worst fans in sports. Which hilariously, LeBron James is a cowboy fan. But I will. I'm not even going to go into that. Just stop. Okay, this motherfucker's been to nine finals in 15 years and won three, right? And people are like, well, is it him or is it Jordan? You know who else has been to nine finals? Magic Johnson. You know how many finals Magic Johnson won? Five. And you know how many years Magic Johnson played in his prime? Eleven. Now people would be like, well, when Jordan beat him in 91, he was he was old. Jordan played him in '91. You know when Magic's last MVP was? 1989. And he took a garbage-ass Lakers team to the fucking finals. James Worthy was hurt. The only other score he had out there was By- was uh, was Byron Scott, and he managed to get a game off of the Bulls with Mike in his youth. And and Jordan got, uh, graduated from uh, Carolina in '88, right? No, no, he was uh, 84 draft. Okay. He was 84 draft. Because it was uh, Hakeem, then Sam Bowie, then Jordan. And then Barkley got drafted 10. And then John Stockton got drafted 15. One of the greatest draft classes in in, in uh, NBA history. But I digress. Stop it. Okay? Because when LeBron was on the super team, he went to the finals four years in a row, just like the Warriors did, right? The Warriors, Steph and Steph and Clay, and, and and them, they managed to win three out of four. Fucking LeBron lost to the goddamn Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> to the fucking Mavs. All right? Then he lost again to the Spurs. All right, so I don't, I don't want to look. It, that, that conversation, as far as I'm concerned, is dead. It's dead. 
unless LeBron like leaves Cleveland and goes somewhere else and wins like four in a row, I don't want to hear this come up again. It's over. All right, because you can't be the greatest of all time if you're not the greatest of your era. Exactly. And people are like, well, he is the greatest of this era. Yeah. Mm, not really. Not really. Because he's got three championships over 15 years. Steph won three championships in four years. <laughs> we were like, well, Steph had a better team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because being on the team with Dwayne Wade in his prime, Chris Bosh in his prime, and you in your prime, LeBron James in his prime, is that not good enough? You got to the finals four years in a row. Yeah. You played the goddamn maps. <laughs> You, play, you let 36-year-old Jason Terry do whatever the fuck he wanted. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you a pass. All right? The year before that, you got bounced by Dwight Howard in the Eastern Conference Finals. You got bounced by Dwight Howard and Rafer Austin, the dude from the and one mixtape. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear goat talk. Hey, whatever happened to White Chocolate? Tim Duncan owned him. Tim Duncan owned LeBron James. What happened to White Chocolate? Oh, he, um, so he left Sacramento, uh, went to Memphis, played under UB Brown, got his game together. Had a couple injuries, ended up winning the championship with Miami. So he did end up winning with and, and White Chocolate. I'm saying it right now. Top five handles, top five ball handlers in the NBA. History ever. Ball handlers. Yeah, that ball on the fucking screen. And I'll say they're one of the top ten passes. But yeah. I just wanted to put that out there because the finals just happened and I'm so sick of seeing these fucking debates. The debate is over. If you still saying LeBron James is the GOAT, you just a dick rider. And you don't know shit about basketball. I don't want any fucking opinion. It's fucking terrible. He's not the GOAT. He's objectively not the GOAT. Okay? Cause in, in fact, I'll name him right now. I'll take. Hey, here you go, man. I'll take. I'll take Mike, of course. I'll take Magic over. I'll take Kareem over. I'll take Hakeem. I'll definitely take Hakeem over. Hakeem in his prime. And I'll take Rain Man. Yeah, Rain Man can play. And I take um, I take Durant over. Yeah. But I, I take Tim Duncan over. There's a bunch of players I take over. Like, there's at least 10 people I take over the about starting the team. And situationally, if I already got a big man and somebody can rebound, I'll take Steph over. So, like, just, just stop. Just stop. All right. 
He is possibly the greatest athlete that has ever played any sport. Athlete. Because nobody's ever seen anybody that big that can run that fast and jump that high. Freak athlete. Not the greatest basketball player. Are we agreed on this? Yeah. Debate's over. All right. So, yeah, that'll be it uh, for this episode of Whatever Man Podcast. Uh, we'll be back. I did get this little recorded thing to go on my phone, so I might give some small updates from Hawaii. I'm not sure. I had to see how this shit works out. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to be back for another probably two weeks. Maybe three, depending on how busy we are when we get back. But, uh, yeah. So, a shout-out to Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Uh, you go on Etsy. Put in the code, whatever, man. And uh, get 10% off. And, uh, yeah. Fuck with us. Chuck. John. And we out this motherfucker. Peace. This is Whatever Man Podcast. This is Whatever Man Podcast. This is Whatever Man Podcast.